to the great detectives of old-time radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show via the Zelle app to box13 at greatdetectives.net. And you can also become uh, one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. And I want to go ahead and thank Joanna for becoming our latest Patreon supporter at the Seamus level of $4 or more per month. Again, thank you so much for your support, Joanna. Well, now let's get into this week's episode of Dangerous Assignment. The original air date is July the 16th of 1949, and the title is Malaysian Starline Sabotage. The National Broadcasting Company brings you Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell in... Dangerous Assignment. Over here. Here I am with the boat. Swim over this way. Here, let me help you, I bold. Give me your hand. Come on. Up, up. You set the charge of natural glycerin? Good. And no one saw you leave the ship? Ah, right on schedule. The ship goes to the bottom, and only the two of us know the location. <laughs> and now... Wait. Wait, No. No, put down the knife. No, 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 no. Three ships sunk in two weeks, Steve. And the last one cost the lives of six passengers. But, Commissioner, why send me halfway around the world just because three ships were sunk? Steve, those ships carried U.S. rehabilitation supplies. I see. Now, as usual, you'll pose as a foreign correspondent. Here's your press credential, Steve. Your passport and plane ticket. Ruth, did you say plane ticket? You take off in two hours. Now, look, I was figuring on a little deal. Now, can't it wait till tomorrow? No, it can't wait. And that's another <clears throat> thing, Steve. On this assignment, there's to be no women and no gambling. It's strictly business, dangerous business. Okay, Commissioner. All right, Steve. Your first stop in Saigon is the Malayan Star Lines. The manager's name is Bravant. You've got your assignment. Get going. You've seen him in The Great McGinty, as Major Devereaux in Wake Island, as Trampas in The Virginian. Now, here is our star, Brian Donnelly, in another two-fisted portrayal as Steve Mitchell in Dangerous Assignment. The time, now. The place, Saigon, inscrutable city of the Orient where the ancient and the modern rub elbows in the narrow, crowded streets. Saigon, city of intrigue, of shadows, of forgotten men, 
of danger. Mr. Bravant, I believe you're in charge of the Malayan Star Lines here in Saigon. That is correct, Monsieur... Mitchell, Steve Mitchell. I'm a foreign correspondent. I just flew in. I'd like an interview. There's not much of which to talk. Three ships of our line sail for Singapore. The first night out's an explosion. They're gone. Just like that, huh? We oui, just like that. Could uh, I take a look at the passenger list for those three ships? Certainly. I have them on my desk. Thank you. You don't carry many passengers. Only a few. Any survivors? From the first sinking, none. From the third sinking, also none. How about the second? One. Who is it? An Englishman named Dixon, the cook. Is he around anywhere? I'd like to talk to him. Aran, tell the Englishman Dixon to come to my office. Most of your crews have been with the line quite a while. It is the exception rather than the rule, monsieur. Out here, one must take what men one can get. I see. What kind of cargo were your ships carrying? That is the mystifying part, monsieur. Here are the cargo lists. As you see, the Malay and Star Lines carry American rehabilitation supplies, teakwood, spices, rubber, the usual. This uh, teakwood, I notice all of it comes from the same place. Yes, the plantation of Monsieur Surat. It is inland, up the Saigon River. Come in. You wanted to see me, Mr. Brevant? Uh, oui, yes. Uh, this gentleman is Monsieur Mitchell, a journalist. Nice to meet you, sir. Hi. Uh, Mr. Bravant tells me you're the only survivor from the second sinking. I'm the only one from any of them. That makes you pretty lucky, doesn't it? <laughs> lucky ain't off of it. Look, uh, did you notice anything unusual aboard your ship before the explosion? Well, I was back aft, getting a breath of air before turning in, I was. And I noticed a silhouette of a small boat in the moonlight. Off our starboard beam, she was. And running without lights. Without lights? That's right. Anything else? I didn't have time to notice anything else, mister. Because just then there's a sheet of flame. The whole ship goes up in the air, and the next thing I know, I'm holding on to a spar in the water for dear life. Mm -hmm. uh, have you any idea what your ship's position was when she went down? Near as I can figure, we was in shoal water close to Polo Condori. That is an island a hundred miles off the coast of Indochina, monsieur. But of course, it is but a guess. We have no way of knowing the exact location. Yeah, well, uh... Thanks for the information. I think it ought to make a good yarn. Do you intend to remain here in Saigon long? Well, that depends. I'd like to talk to Mr. Surratt, the plantation owner. Do you know where I might find him? There is a gambling casino just down the street, monsieur. If he is in Saigon, he will be there. Good. I'm beginning to feel lucky. I am certain you will not lack for games of chance in Saigon, monsieur. I personally find gambling a bore, but it would seem I am in the minority. Yeah, I guess you are. Well, thanks for the story. I'll see you around. Hmm. He's an inquisitive gent, ain't he, Mr. Bravon? Yes, he is indeed. Newspaper chap, is he? That is what he said. Dixon, tell Aran to answer my telephone for me. I'm going out for a while. Sixteen. Ready. Event. Sorry, monsieur. You lose again. Look, this game is slow death. Haven't you got something with a little more action in it? 
Uh, Miss, she would perhaps prefer the dice table downstairs. That's a thought. Thanks. Oh! oh. I beg your pardon. Oh, no, it is my fault, monsieur. <laughs> Let me pick up your chair. Oh, you are most kind, monsieur. It was very clumsy of me. As a matter of fact, I bumped into you deliberately. It was the only way I could think of to meet you. Monsieur has a ready wit. All bets down. If you're looking for something to tack on after the monsieur, it's Mitchell. Steve Mitchell. They call me Leanna, monsieur. They picked a nice name. Well, here are your chips. You pick up my chips and my luck with them. You must allow me to buy you a drink, huh? You see, I am superstitious. Good, so am I. And having a drink with you is suddenly a superstition of mine. <laughs> Let us go to the bar. Liana, Liana. Well, I should have known you wouldn't be alone. It is only my brother, monsieur. Oh, where are you going, Liana? It is all right, Matihiga. I'm sure the American will take good care of me. Uh, monsieur Steve Mitchell, my brother, Matihiga. Hello. Oh, your servant, Effendi. Here, Matik, you play some of my chips huh, while we have our drink. Come along, Steve. You uh, live here in Saigon, Liana? For the most part. But I'm restless. I travel a lot. Tomorrow night, I leave for Singapore. Oh? <laughs> I guess my luck hasn't changed after all. I will not be gone long. How are you going to Singapore? I travel by tramp steamer. It is not so boring. Oh, not on the Malay Star Lines. Why, yes. Ah, here we are. <laughs> Sort of crowded right here. Why don't we move down to the other end? Well, there right. is room here. I will move over. Oh, thank you. No trouble, sir. No trouble at all. What will you have, Stephen? Bourbon and... Hey. What is it? I just saw someone I know, Leona. Uh, excuse me just a minute. Of course. Be back in a minute. I will order the drinks. Well, my dear. He seems interested in the Malayan star line, sir. You think he is involved? It is possible. Very well. I will proceed on that assumption. Boy, come here. Oui, monsieur? I want a message delivered for me. Good evening, Mr. Bravant. Huh? Oh, Monsieur Mitchell, is it not? Have you written your story yet? Not yet. I'm a little surprised to see you here at the casino. When we talked this afternoon, you told me gambling bored you. It does. But I do find interest in observing gamblers, monsieur. Particularly when high stakes are involved. Oh? Monsieur, I congratulate you on the speed with which you have made yourself acquainted in Saigon. What do you mean? Did I not observe you conversing at the bar with Surat? Surat? The stout gentleman. You mean the guy who was standing next to me? The one with the face like a toad? <laughs> Your description does not flatter him, but it is accurate. Well, thanks, Laurent. I'll see you around. Undoubtedly, monsieur. I'm sorry I took so long, Leona. Oh, it is quite all right. Well, here is your drink. Thanks. Say, uh, what happened to the guy who was next to me here, the one who moved over to make room? Oh, I do not know, Steve. I was not noticing. Hmm. Surat. Is that his name? Yeah. Well, cheers. Cheers. Monsieur Mitchell. Steve Mitchell. Over here, boy. You are a busy man, Steve. <laughs> I seem to be. Monsieur Mitchell? Yeah, what is it? Uh, you are wanted outside, monsieur. Oh? By whom? Oh, he not give name, monsieur. But he say, quite urgent. Okay. Here. Oh, Thank you, monsieur. Lana. I know, I know. You will be gone but a minute. Yes, I will wait for you. 
Mitchell Effendi. Who are you? You are Steve Mitchell? What do you want, a calling card? Yeah, I'm Steve Mitchell. I suppose you tell me why you got me out here. I am Dalai. I suggest that we walk, Effendi. Oh, you always suggest with a gun, Dalai? When it is necessary, Effendi. Come. Mind telling me where we're going? Certainly not. Right around the corner here. And into the alley. Cozy in here. And dark, Effendi. Wait a minute. Looks like we've got company in here. It is but my friend Banjak, Effendi. Oh, hello. What's the matter? Is he bashful? He cannot speak. His tongue was removed by force some years ago. But he is strong and willing. Banjak. Why, you... That... Reminder from Banjak will serve to open the conversation. Look, I don't know what this is all about. To be brief, Effendi, you have information which I require. The locations of the three sunken ships. The ships? You think I know where they were sunk? Banjak. Look. Perhaps that will refresh your memory. How can I tell you the location when I don't know Again, Banjak. I tell you, this wasn't going to do you any good. I don't know where those ships were sunk. Very well. If you intend to be stubborn, you may proceed, Banjak. I told you not to resist. Well, if you think I'm going to stand here and let this big ape make mince meat out of me. Very well, Effendi. It is a pity the Effendi bleeds so easily, Banjak. But I must not deprive you of extended enjoyment. You may kick him. I will tell you when to stop. The National Broadcasting Company is bringing you Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell in the second of an exciting new adventure series, Dangerous Assignment. The time, the next morning. The place, a luxuriously furnished bedroom in a spacious villa near Saigon, overlooking the sea. Oh. Ah. You are awake at last, Effendi. Eh, if you can call it that. Well, hey, wait a minute. You're Liana's brother, aren't you? Matik. Your servant, Effendi. Look, would you mind telling me how I got into this harem? <laughs> You are in the house of my sister, Liana. How did I get here? Well, Liana became worried when you did not return to the casino last night. He went outside to look for you and found you crawling out of the alley badly beaten. So we brought you home with us. You are all bloody. How do you feel now? All bloody? Hey, help me out of this mink-lined cradle, will you? Oh, of course. Where are my pants? Hey, wait a minute. No, 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 no. It was I who put you to bed. And here are your pants. Thanks. 
Where's Liana? Swimming in the ocean. Come. You can see her out the window. Hey, she's quite a swimmer, isn't she? Does she always swim out that far? Oh, yes. Every morning. Well, I'm not that ambitious this morning, but a dip would do me good. It's swimmer yourself. <laughs> Thanks. That water made me feel almost human again. Any cigarettes around here? Ah, uh, right here on my robe. Here you are. <laughs> you uh, you look much better than when we found you last night. You know, you've taken awfully good care of me, Liana. Why? Why? Oh, perhaps. Perhaps there have been. So many places, many times, many men in my life. And with me, it has always been the same. But then last night, I saw you. And I knew you were something different. How different? Does hmm. that make your bruises feel better? It helps, you know. That's a kind of medicine I could get addicted to, Liana. Perhaps. Perhaps when I return from Singapore, there will be more time to become addicted. Maybe. When do you sail? At eight tonight. On the Malayan Queen. I guess my luck's still no good. <laughs> okay, look, I gotta go back to my hotel and pick up a change of clothes. But anyway, I'll be down to see you off tonight. How'd you get in here? I'm Surratt. I learned you were registered at this hotel, so I took the liberty of waiting here in your room. Quite a liberty, wasn't it? When occasion demands it, the courtesies must be omitted. What's the occasion? I will be brief. Mr. Mitchell, I will assume you are a man who is interested in money. That's a safe assumption, Surratt. I believe you're in possession of certain information which is of value to me. Here we go again. Sir? Look, you happen to know a couple of cutthroats named... Dylai and Ben Jack. Ben Jack's a big lug with no tongue. Dylai, Ben Jack, I have not had the pleasure of their acquaintance, sir. Oh, it's no pleasure, believe me. Sir? I'll skip it. Now, what's this about certain information I have? I will not waste words. Ten thousand American dollars for the location of the sunken ships. Ten thousand? Means a lot to you, doesn't it? You've been shipping teakwood on the Malay and Star Line, haven't you? From my plantation up the river, sir. It is a matter of record. I didn't know teakwood was that valuable. I repeat my offer. Ten thousand American dollars. Uh, I'll have to have a little time to think it over, Surratt. I cannot grant you much time, sir. I'm sailing tonight on the Malayan Queen. You have until 7.30 this evening. Okay. I will expect your answer before sailing time. Until then, good day, sir. Malayan 
Starline. Uh, Mr. Bravant, please. I am sorry, sir, but he's gone. Gone? Yes, sir, on a business trip. He is sailing in half an hour on the Malayan Queen. Could you get word to him that... uh, uh, Never mind, I'll call you back. Come in. Mitchell. Dixon, what's the matter? A knife in my back. What happened? Malayan Queen, ready to sail. Yeah, I know. I saw someone go aboard that was on the other ship. You mean the ship that was sunk? Yes. Who was it? Followed me here and stabbed me. Who stabbed you? I... (sighs) Dixon! Dixon! Sorry to keep you waiting, Mr. Mitchell, but I don't leave the bridge until we're out of the channel. That's okay, Captain. I'd like you to look at these credentials. They'll explain who I am and why I'm aboard your ship. Hmm... You're investigating the recent sinkings. Yes, Captain. A couple of people seem awfully interested in the location of those sunken ships. I'm kicking an idea around that maybe there was something pretty valuable aboard them. Hmm, What would it be? I don't know. Are you carrying the same sort of cargo on this ship that was on the others? Yes, as far as I know. Another shipment of teak wood from Surratt's plantation? There is. Also, some American rehabilitation supplies. Hmm, Tell me. Could those rehabilitation supplies be salvaged after they were sunk? Oh, no, no. The water had ruined them. Mm. Captain, suppose you wanted to sink a ship and recover something from it later. What? Where would you sink it? I I suppose in shallow water. Yeah. Now, what's the first shallow water we'll be passing through tonight? Well, let's see. We'll pass through the Diablo Shoals a little after midnight. Depth there is only 15 fathoms. I see. Is... That the passenger list on your desk? Yes. Here. Yeah, looks like the gang's all here. Bravant, Liana, her brother Matik, and Surratt. Captain, I need your full cooperation. Why, certainly. What is it? I'd like you to order these four passengers to be in Bravant's stateroom three hours from now at 11 tonight. Revant, I demand an explanation of this, being hauled up to your cabin like a common criminal. But, Monsieur Surat, I am as much in the dark as you. I do not think it necessary to point out that this may cost you my business, Brevant. If you would only tell us the reason for all this, Effendi, Brevant. Matik, I am sure there must be a good reason for all this. If we are but patient, we will learn what it is. Here is the man who is responsible, Monsieur Mitchell. Steve! Hello, Liana. Matik. Your servant, Effendi. Good evening, sir. Surat. Apparently, you forgot our appointment, Mr. Mitchell. I didn't forget it. I had a couple of other things to take care of. Perhaps, sir, you'll be good enough to explain what this is all about. Sure, I'll explain. I'll make it short. I think one of you is responsible for the sinkings of those three ships. You are joking, Steve. Sorry, Leona. But but to suggest that I could have anything to do with it. You're a good swimmer. I'm afraid I'll have to count you in. It is so ridiculous to think that I or my brother could be involved in such a thing. You make a serious charge against us, Effendi. I know. This is an insult to my long years of service on the line. Perhaps it is a serious charge as far as the others are concerned, Mr. Mitchell. But to suspect that I am involved is ridiculous. Much valuable teak wood of mine was sunk with those ships. Yeah. And maybe it's more valuable than I thought at first. What do you mean by that, sir? I'll let it ride for the time being because I've got another piece of news for you. Of course, it isn't really news to one of you. What do you mean, Steve? There was a ship's cook named Dixon 
survivor of one of the sinkings. Tonight, he saw one of you come aboard. He recognized you as being on that other ship. So whichever one of you it was, killed him to shut his mouth. I assure you, this is the first of these ships I've been aboard, sir, and also the last. One of you four is the killer and dynamiter. That person has a bomb planted on this ship and plans to dive overboard before the explosion. And that explosion is due for about midnight, 45 minutes from now. Steve, this is ridiculous. Is it? Just keep your eyes on that clock, all of you. Nobody's going to leave this cabin for the next 45 minutes. We're going to sweat it out together, just watching that minute hand creep around to midnight. Anyone feel like talking yet? Really, Mitchell? Really, what? Haven't you carried this silly joke far enough, Steve? There is only one way to prove he is mistaken in his suspicions, Liana. That is to wait. Can't we get a little air into this cabin? It's so infernally hot. You know something, Surratt? It's going to get a lot hotter. Seven minutes to midnight. We reach shallow water in about ten minutes. That means ten minutes before the ship gets blown up. Anybody's tongue loosening up? Surratt? I demand to be released from this pest hole. Bravant? You must be insane. Liana? To think I once considered you... Yeah, to... yeah, save the romance. Matik, how about you? You feel like talking? When one knows nothing, one can say nothing offended. Okay, keep watching that minute hand, hmm? stand this any longer. I've got to get out of here. You've got to let me go. So you're the one, Surratt. No, no, no. You must believe me. I would be the last one in the world to blow those ships up. Why? Surratt! There's, there's gold hidden in those crates of cheek wood. Surratt, you fool. He was only bluffing. Now you have told him. You haven't told me enough. Keep talking. You I, fool. I have nothing more to say. Look, Surratt. Three ships have been sunk on account of this. Now open up. Start talking. No, no. I... You better talk before I beat it out of you. Now spill it. All right, all right. During the war, an air raid, a ship carrying gold bullion steamed up the river to escape. But it was sunk near my plantation. I think I can take it from there. You recovered the gold, and this is the way you've been sneaking it out of Indochina, huh? Hidden in crates of teakwood? Yes, it was Liana's Shut idea. Shut up, Surratt! But someone must have found out about the gold and has been sinking the ships. Yeah, in shallow water so they can get the gold later. Fendi Mitchell, now that we know Surratt is guilty, you will please allow me to leave. I have a headache. Mitchell, it is almost midnight. Yeah, nobody's leaving until I find out who's mined this ship. But Fendi Mitchell, you I... keep looking at your watch, Matik. Why? Matik... Matik, what is the ma... Matik, you didn't. You did. You put the explosives on this ship, too. You were going to jump overboard and leave me here, you fool. Where'd you plant it, Matik? Where did you plant it? Let me out of here. You're not going anywhere. The nitroglycerin will explode in two minutes. Matik, you sank those ships. You and Liana betrayed me. Very well. Surratt, put that gun away. Surratt! Surratt! And for you, Liana. Grab that gun, Bravant. Wait, wait, wait. Matik, where's the nitroglycerin? Where is it? Surratt, you jughead. You killed the only man who knew where it was hidden. We've got a minute and 50 seconds to find that nitro. Genius. Any ideas, Bravant? Matik could not have put it below decks. Men are stationed all over the ship. It must be in this cabin. Come on. Locked. Get back, Bravant. Wait, wait. Take that side of the room. I'll take this. All right. It's got to be in here somewhere. It's going to be. There's nothing over here, Mitchell. Wait a minute. Listen. There's something kicking. Yes, yes, I hit it. Under the bunk. Look, that black suitcase. 
Easy. Oh, which overboard? Throw it overboard, quick! Yeah, I gotta get out of the way, Brabant. I gotta get it over the rail. Hurry, Mitchell, hurry. Only a few seconds more, it will explode. Throw it as far as you can! You don't have to tell me that. Hit the deck. All right, Mitchell. Yeah. Except that I'm about five years older, Captain. That was close. Yeah, too close. Probably buckled a few of the ship's plates. Yeah, well, you better put Surratt under arrest. You can turn him over to the authorities when the ship reaches port. Yeah. Chances of getting the gold that's already been sunk are pretty slim, but there's probably a lot of it still at Surratt's plantation. The government can check that. Mitchell, allow me to say... I have never seen one so calm in the face of danger. All the time we were waiting in my cabin after I realized what your plan was, my heart was in my throat. You think mine wasn't? It was choking me. <laughs> uh, look at me, Bravant. I look like a fairly intelligent guy, don't I? Well, yes, of course. With a normal assortment of brains. Certainly. And a reasonable amount of common sense. But of course. And... Will you tell me something? What is it? Why did I ever get myself mixed up in a job like this? You have just heard the second in an exciting new adventure series, Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Dangerous Assignment is written by Bob Reif and directed by Bill Karn, with music by Bruce Ashley. Be with us again next week at this same time, when Brian Donlevy, starring as Steve Mitchell, will embark on another Dangerous Assignment. This program came to you from Hollywood. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Welcome back. Well, in the last episode of Dangerous Assignment, I kind of picked on the commissioner a bit for calling Steve back from vacation for something that, you know, really could have waited. In this case, Steve giving pushback is a bit unwarranted. And, you know, I appreciate he might have had plans, but not actual vacation. But this one probably does fall more under the you knew the job was dangerous when you took it. Or at least dangerous to your social calendar. Of course, you know, in-universe, maybe it makes sense after he got sent off on a not-so-urgent mission and had his vacation interrupted. He's doubtful of of the commissioner like are these are we actually going on something important this time now rather than you just sending me on something that really could have waited a day or two you just you know ruined my vacation so now i don't trust you so now we're going to have to see if they can 
learn to trust each other. Beyond that, though, this was a this was a pretty good episode. This was just a fun bit of suspense and intrigue and mystery with a lot of characters and some really surprising red herrings and turns. I think you already do start to see some of the contrast and comparison with uh, The Man Called X, which had preceded it to the air. The stories really do come off more as escapist tales of suspense and intrigue, as opposed to The Man Called X, which seem more grounded in the consequences uh, to the world if there was failure, as well as the nature of evil in the world. Both approaches also have their merits, and I think you also do see some big differences between uh, Steve Mitchell and uh, Ken Thurston. Ken is like a philosopher spy, a man who believes in America and democratic values, while having a broad base of cultural understanding. Steve Mitchell is just a lot more basic, get-the-job-done sort of two-fisted hero. He's definitely more likely to go in a uh, direction of violence, particularly with what we've heard in the first two episodes. Now, I should say that uh, I've not heard all the episodes, so it's possible we do have, you know, maybe a little bit of change in the character, but that's at least the way uh, he's come off through the episodes, not only these first couple, but... Uh, probably like the 30 or so that I've heard of this series so far. Now it'd also be a good time to talk a little bit of Brian Donlevy. Don Levy came to New York as a young man and did a lot of modeling. He did some silent films, but really kind of hit his stride on Broadway. He broke into talking pictures in the mid-1930s. I think his peak was probably between 1939 and 46 or 47. 1939, he got nominated for Best Supporting Actor for his role in uh, Vogue Guest. Apologize if I am mispronouncing the film slash novel. And really, you know, continue to have a solid run. Uh, you know, 1946, uh, a appeared in two years before The Mast, and, and then I think his career, you know, didn't go, like, screeching downhill, but kind of faded a little bit, kind of began a slow decline into less prominent roles in film. He did end up doing quite a bit of work in television, including the Dangerous Assignment TV series, which we're going to uh, be bringing you. And combined with that and other roles, he got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for his work in television in 1960. He also starred in the first two Quatermass films, the Quatermass Experiment, spelled with an X, and Quatermass 2. These had been based on British television series. And in them, Quatermass was originally British, but it was thought that it would make the film's appeal to an American audience. However, this has earned some 
derision from British science fiction fans for Mr. Don Levy. Whether that's at all justified or not, I'm not certain. But Don Levy had a significant body of work behind him that definitely made Dangerous Assignment worth uh, checking out for American radio fans. And certainly I'm going to have a lot of fun with app extras and bringing those to those of you who are listening on the app. All right, well, now it is time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Andrew, Patreon supporter since April 2021, currently supporting us at the Master Detective level of $15 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support, Andrew. And that will do it for today. Join us back here next Wednesday for another episode of Dangerous Assignment. But coming up tomorrow, check out Philo Vance, where... Well, Mr. Mills... You sent for me, I'm here. Let's get down to business. Suits me, Joe. You've got quite a reputation, I understand. I do a job, I get paid, and I get things done. That's why I sent for you. I want something done. But I want it done carefully. (laughs) If I wasn't careful, Mr. Mills, I'd be in jail long ago. I'm careful, I'm quick. And I'm expensive. How much? How much is it worth to you? Let's not go into that kind of routine. How much do you want to do a big job for me? How important is the guy? Very important. The guy is me. You want me to kill you? No, not exactly. I want you to see that nobody else does. I got a lot of enemies. I'm hiring you as a bodyguard. Oh, I get it now. I'm to be with you all the time, huh? That's right. Except for the times when I'm out for a social evening. Like tonight when I'm going to see a girlfriend of mine named... Laura Waite. Okay. You got a deal, Mr. Mills. Only when you're fooling around with dames, that's the time you need a... I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to Box 13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.